0: Hey guys, GBC Podcast number 28. I'm Courtney Weiss.
1: I'm Shane Blankenship.
0: Okay, it's been a while, more than a minute. Yeah, more than a minute. It's been like an hour.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a couple, has it, it's been what, a month?
0: It has, and it makes me really sad. Yeah. Well, Shane's been in and out of town for Drill. Yeah, and a bunch then of stuff
1: going on, and then spring the baby, break, and the spring baby. Spring break, yeah.
0: and I've been gone. Yeah. It, I'm, like, acting like it's all Shane. I was gone for quite a quite right. a long time, Life just too. happened. Life just happened. I know, but I just... Um, I don't know, I I love doing this and I want to make sure that we stay on course and I know we will. Absolutely. Um, So guys, I'm trying to get to know Shane better like on a (laughs) a different level besides him being my pastor and he's recently joined the coaching staff at Vet City CrossFit Mm -hmm. where we own the gym and so I'm like writing this um, like bio kind of trying to get people interested that there's like another new coach on the staff or whatever and so I always ask the coaches like, hey, what do you like to eat? Because you know, CrossFit's notorious for having people Eat like super healthy food, and so mm-hmm. I think it's funny. When they, yes, yeah. and so I think it's funny when the coaches that you look up to are like pizza, <laughs> ice cream, and so right. I always ask, and lo and behold, it's always pizza, ice cream, or chocolate. Gotcha. You know,
1: yeah,
0: not shame, guys, not shame. Who knew that you were such a foodie? So I can't. Re- it's um, it's ricotta
1: pancakes. Yeah, he was eating um, right. with the caramel cream sauce and flambe bananas, and that's like that. I just didn't totally make that up. That's my favorite food right now. So, so what's your fancy. favorite food? Like that's. It sounds fancy. It really, I mean, I guess it's it's a little involved, uh, more than just, you know, some pancakes. Yeah. Um, but um, they're freaking delicious. I mean, if you've never had ricotta pancakes, Gordon Ramsay has a great recipe. Okay. I'm sure maybe out there on the internet. If not, on you, the can, internet. you can reach out to me and I'll, I'll get it for you because it's in one of the, his cookbooks that I have.
0: Oh, I need to get um, it then. Okay. Oh, it's great. I um,
1: uh, I think it's called Bread Street um, is the name of it. And so he has a- So it's paleo. He, no um but the the bread street is not little bread so the bread street um is a street i guess in london where he has one of his restaurants or maybe his first restaurant or something like that anyways Cheerio. um so it's um it's it's in there and ricotta pancakes of course are made with ricotta cheese uh-huh. um so i guess you know high protein pancakes if you want actually... to go you know i mean there's very little flour in them, um, so I mean it's mostly the, the ricotta cheese.
0: I do love um, ricotta cheese. So if, Pretty you use, much in anything. if
1: you use fat-free ricotta cheese, you got even a healthier yeah, pancake. That's
0: like twelve grams of protein. For Here's half the a thing, cup.
1: though. So it's so it's that. It's also egg whites that, that are whipped. Even you know, more. everything gets folded together, um, and that's that's a part of the process. So so when we do this, like Hannah is making the pancakes, um, she's she's getting that together because it takes a little bit of time to you know you get your your. Um, we're using a KitchenAid, so we're not doing this by hand. Um, Gordon Ramsay's the man; he can do it by hand, but not us. We're gonna use the KitchenAid. Okay. So, so you gotta whip your egg whites, um, so almost like a meringue kind of a deal, um, and then um, with the with the um, the cheese and stuff, you you fold all that together, the ricotta, and it, basically it's like this fluffy mixture, you know, not this heavy batter. It's this fluffy mixture, and you just you know maybe a quarter cup or whatever, and put that on the pan, um, and it makes like pancakes that will melt in your mouth. I'm not um, drooling. They're they're so good. And of course, a, a caramel cream sauce is basically your caramel um, that's a little more saucy instead of that hard. So it's, it's, it's three ingredients, super simple. It's brown sugar, it's butter. Um, and it's heavy cream. Um, and, you know, basically the, the portions are, are pretty pretty simple to pull together. But anyways, you do that. And then um, flambe and bananas is really easy too. I mean, that's that's butter. Um, I will say this. I'll throw a little splash of rum um, on it the bananas. makes it so you much need, better. You need something. Um, so um, if, I guess if you're not using rum, you need to – I don't know what you would use. Something
0: that will ignite it, right? It, 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 that's probably the wrong word. But do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, something the flambe, deep-
1: it's got a – yeah, you gotta. You got to You got to use something. I mean, I guess you could use bourbon or something like that if you wanted to. Um, But um, rum goes good with bananas just because of of the sweetness of it. Um, And it doesn't take much, it's just just a little bit to Mm -hmm. to ignite it. Um, And they cook very, very quickly. So, anyways, yeah, so you got that, you mix it with the cream sauce, you put that over the pancakes. I mean, it's holy crap, I okay, mean, so can can say that. Okay, so he can
0: teach us about Jesus and about <laughs> cooking. But here's something that I just have to insert in here, Shane, is that Hannah's just had this baby. Mm-hmm. And then you have Bailey, who is how old?
1: Bailey will be one year old on May the 12th, so she's, she's almost a year.
0: Not even one. Nope. And then we've got Marshall running around, mm-hmm. and they're making flambe ricotta pancakes. <laughs> I mean, I have three kids, too, y'all, and I don't do this. Well... We do Bisquick.
1: Yeah, Bisquick is...
0: And they're
1: not even good. So there's a there's a recipe that I'm about to try, and we were um, we were looking at this. So um, so I, I love to grill, love to barbecue, um, smoke, you know, um, and ribs. Ri- we had ribs on uh, Saturday last week. Made the best um, chicken. Um, do You know what spatchcocking a chicken is? Do you know what that means? I spatchcock. do know what that is. Yeah. So you cut the backbone out and get get it down flat. So so I spatchcocked this chicken, and. Um, Put that down on the grill and, you know, cooked it, uh, smoked it. Um, but it was at like 375 degrees. So, I mean, you don't get a lot of smoke when you're cooking that hot. Um, but it cooked in like, I don't know, 50 minutes or so. And it was the best chicken. Um, I want to try it. So, we made a compound butter. Um, and this is easy, too. So, we, we grow or I like, I grow herbs. I say we grow herbs. I grow herbs in some pots right outside because I like cooking with the fresh herbs. Um, and so, it was um, thyme. Just just fresh thyme and um, parsley, and a little bit of basil. Um, mm. Chop that up and mix. Uh, so there's no measurement here. Just kind of chop it up and mix it with butter to make a compound butter. Mm-hmm. Um, not like melted butter, right. just soft butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and release the skin on the chicken. Like take your thumbs and you, you you break open the chicken, release the skin, and then you rub that butter.
0: I'm literally drooling. You rub
1: the butter onto the to the you know the breast, the legs, the thighs, all that. Pull the skin back over it. And um, and then season the skin. It was it was the best chicken ever. And we've done a lot of chickens, a lot of spatchcock chickens and turkeys and that kind of stuff. But it was so so good.
0: You did that on the grill or the smoker?
1: Well, I did it on the so the I, you know my grill is a smoker. Um, you have a so green egg. I've got a green egg okay. um, and so just recently got a Traeger um, and love it as well. And Traeger's you know, smoker grill.
0: Well, if you just have a grill, it'd be this. It'd be fine
1: absolutely yeah because i mean that's that you just 375 degrees you just okay. need to control your heat so if you're using a gas grill i'm trying you know this. you have to i don't know maybe figure out a way to, to, to control that temperature um where if you've got a charcoal grill we have or a something gas like gas do you um you may have to do like have the burner going on one side and um and you know the, the part of the grill that you don't have a burner going or have it going on low you may have to cook it over on that side just to keep the heat low enough hmm. um or you could do it in an oven, probably.
0: I was just going to say, I'm probably better in the oven with something like that. But, you know, Kyle likes a thin chicken. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be perfect.
1: Oh, it's I'm telling he you, it like was so, them. so good. So we we cut that up, and, like, everybody ate, Marshall ate it. Everybody ate their, their um, I, I was basically just cutting off the breast. So we weren't having anything other than breast meat. But then we had, it was so good, though. Like, I didn't want to just throw out the rest of the bird. So you got the legs, and you got the thighs, and you got the wings, which there's not a lot of meat on. So I pulled all that meat off that, and it it probably chopped up that chicken, and it was probably a cup and a half mm-hmm. of of chicken meat that was left over. So we did chicken pot pies, homemade chicken pot pies, like two nights later.
0: Okay, I'm gonna have oh to my come over. Gosh,
1: how do so you guys good. do
0: this with all these kids running around? I don't, I don't know because I'm listen. I had a cooking show at one point. <laughs> like I am a Our foodie. Yeah. yeah, I'm a foodie. Like I I love to cook, but.
1: Some of this stuff is not is not difficult though, and if you got like so, if you got whether you got an egg or you got a, a Traeger uh, grill, I mean those things, you know, the temperature control is is uh, it's come so far, so you know you, you basically can set it, and then it will work up to temperature basically itself um but you're cooking with fire and smoke you know so so what's creating the temperature is not a heating element inside what's creating your your heat or your temperature if you will um is you know pellets being fed into a chamber that are being ignited and burned um so the more you know the hotter it's burning the less smoke you have the you know the you know i think 195 is probably the the low or 165 i think is the lowest it will go so it's going to produce way more smoke at that at those temperatures but that's how it's creating the heat um and it's kind of like cooking in an oven. So if you if you if you're oven cooking, if you're able to do that. I think I'm
0: going to have to do that.
1: You could get a Traeger and um and and operate off the same concepts cuz tonight I'm going to do fillets and I'm going to do um I'll do fillets, I'll do asparagus probably or broccoli one of the, the other and um those like little mini potatoes, you mm-hmm. know. Um little uh yellow and Round red ones. ones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cuz it cuz at 400 degrees they'll cook in in 30 minutes. So I'll do everything on the Traeger, everything. Um, and everything will be done in about 30 minutes. And so the broccoli the will, be done, will be done, roasted the broccoli. Yeah, exactly. We'll have two pans.
0: Okay, well, who knew? Who knew this guy 30 minutes. was such a fancy? You might be fancier than me, Shane. <laughs> I am serious. And I'm like. I kind of like a, I love to do a, um, a, a what? beef wellington. Wow, Yo, I couldn't even yeah, think of well-tons. it. That's probably yeah, that's the, a, but that's as fancy as I go.
1: Wow, and pretty it's, fancy, actually, it's pretty
0: fancy, though. It's difficult, actually. Oh, it's very, I'm like, kids sure. have to be out of the house. Do you know what I'm saying? I almost yeah. have to
1: call a babysitter to you make it. You have them. to do your mushroom duck sale. Yes, I'm like, it, that's part of it. Yes, and it's hard. You need a crepe um, to wrap around. Yeah, um, it's hard. You know. <laughs> and I've
0: ripped it before. And uh-huh. then Kyle, he wants his meat well done. So he always gets the end. Because I haven't yet done, like, the individual. Which is hilarious to me
1: a little bit about Kyle. Kyle.
0: Oh, my gosh. He will order a filet. (laughs) And every single time, I'm always like, you have to make, I tell the waitress, I'm like, you have to make it, like, beef jerky. And she just kind of looks at me, especially if we're somewhere nice. And he's like, I just want a butterfly. Well done. That's what he wants. So, anytime we go to the fatty calf and get our steaks, Uh Stephen will, all of them, like, we order, like, five. And then one of them is butterflied and i do it well done. It's literally like jerky. Like you can like err, you know, like, it, yeah. Well, guys, this isn't a food, although this could be a food podcast, food podcast between now. the two of us and more so Shane. I'm like sitting here <laughs> going, okay, I may not know as much as I thought I knew. Being the, the Italian person that I am but i just i've been um really knee deep in my own bible study Mm -hmm. with um priscilla schreier and it's been really really good but this has nothing to do with anything that i'm learning about bible study it's more like something to do with real life and i thought you could kind of give us some application tips maybe when it comes to like raising our families my question to you is like as christians Mm -hmm. and as being a part of the church especially this church Mm -hmm. Do we try to keep our children in like a safe nucleus where, where it's like um, we're all like-minded and we're protected, is that's the right word, or do we force ourselves to go outside of our comfort zones and maybe we don't pick the best schools? Um, we go to churches that m- maybe aren't like us
1: mm-hmm.
0: for like discerning and learning purposes. Like mm-hmm. which, which way do you go when you're in that position?
1: Gosh, I, so I think it's it's kind of a loaded question. I know. Um, it's,
0: <laughs> the world is changing. My, okay, here's my idea. And I I know you guys might be rolling your eyes. Um, my idea here is that the world is changing sure. fast, sure. like much different than it was two years ago, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And so I th- I think that we're being exposed to new ideas that we weren't exposed to just a couple years ago.
1: Mm-hmm. And if it's not new ideas, then maybe it's the accessibility of it. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, and being able to... You know, the, the way we access it, whether it's through our phones or through an app or um, through a, 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 whatever the news or the media source that we're accessing. So I think a lot of that's changed. So awareness, um, if, if anything else, certainly has changed, whether it's new or not. I don't know. And I was I was kind of thinking about this uh, this morning because I, I had lunch with a guy yesterday and towards the end of our conversation, I don't even remember how we got off on this point. I think we were talking about some, actually some controversial stuff. And uh, he made a comment, he's younger than I am. And he goes, um, I think I was born in the wrong era. And I and I, and I say all the time, I was like, oh, I think I say that all the time. Um, uh, I listen to 40s music and that like that, I love it. I love I love that kind of, that era, that genre. I was like, so I'm, I'm probably born in the wrong era as well. Um, but it was a different kind of thinking. And I, but I don't know if, what was happening in the 1940s America, 1950s America, was all that much greater than 2020s America. You know, um, I, I think we, from from historical perspective, you know, we get a romanticized everything mm-hmm. um, from from that era, um, and maybe things weren't as accessible. Um, but you didn't have some things that weren't great about that era, too. Um, you know, the, the U.S. military, I think, wasn't desegregated until 1947. Um, and President Harry S. Truman um, desegregated the United States military. So, I mean, you know, you think back to the 40s. Well, was it, who all was it great for? You know, mm-hmm. was it great for everybody? Mm-hmm. Or you know, was it just great for some people? Um, so you've got those kinds of issues that were going on. Um, there's a great movie called 12 O'Clock High. And um, it was made, I think, in 48 or 49. Um, And it's about the 8th Air Force. And um, you really see, like, some real PTSD kind of struggles in that movie and... and, um, and these aviators that were dealing with that and 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 there were some serious issues that were going on well you, you never see that stuff in, in, in movies and especially when you the further you get away from the end of world war 2 the more romantic if you if you know oh, if you, if you yeah. use that that terminology um, the whole idea of it becomes and you know it's a you know i don't know um, you see the, the nobility in it you see um, you know the uh, sexy to be a World War II fighter pilot or whatever. Like, you see all the good side of it, but you don't see the struggle and the real struggle. Um, and what was cool about 12 O'Clock High, and, I mean, you know, historians even make this comment, was it was close enough to the end of the World War Two that they were getting real, like, you know, the information that they were gathering from pilots and navigators and bombardiers um, who flew those missions... Um, they were still openly talking about those struggles, and the struggles were real. And so you got a really, actually, a great picture of what it might have been like, and what it was, what it was like, for the stressors that they had to deal with. So, anyways, so I think to look back in the past, uh, maybe sometimes we, we think, um, gosh, we're in a worse position than what we were. Things have changed, but I don't know. Pick a part in history, and maybe not. You know, um, if um, if we were German and not American, we might, we might think differently you know if we were jews um that were living that live in germany today um and thinking about you know our grandfathers and grandmothers who lived in germany during um the third reich um when Adolf Hitler, eh, it might have been different you know it world probably a better place today than it was in 1944 1939
0: mm-hmm. um so I, I think part of that is um uh, well like what so, so you're like Um, do I put my kids in a Christian school? Do I, um, take a job in an area that believes the same things that I do? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, and these are real things that people are thinking about. Do I just get a farm in Montana and stay away from everybody?
1: For sure. So I think when it comes to that, like, so my, my four year old, he goes to a Christian school. Um, uh, he's a preschooler. Um, but Next year, he'll be five, and he's not going to continue going to um, the Christian school that he goes to for preschool. He's going to public school. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a couple different reasons for that. One is there's a financial cost to it. If they're going to uh, the Christian school, it costs a lot of money every Mm -hmm. month. Um, We're certainly not going to be able to do that for all of our kids. Um, But I think it's been great for him to be able to do it as a four-year-old, and he's grown so much, and I think it's awesome. Um, But my wife's also a public school teacher, and um, the world... As followers of Christ, um, we've not been called to be separatist. We're called to be in the world but not of the world. Um, and it's hard to be in the world if you separate yourself from it. Um, it's hard to make disciples if everybody you're around are disciples. Um, it's hard to lead people to Christ if everybody that you're around has already been led to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you got to be in the world. You have to be around people who don't belong. You have to be around people, I think who who um, who need to know God because you're the Christ that they will see. You, they should see Christ working in you and through you. Um, And if you're not around them, then where where else will they see it from?
0: Well, and we've talked about this before, how we're supposed to, it's in the Bible, like we're supposed to look different. Mm -hmm. Um, We're supposed to look like followers of Jesus. And I think it's hard to look like that when you're only around followers of Jesus, at least to other people. It would seem like you're a separate separate entity. Yeah. So I can see what you're saying there. I um I asked this Shane because I, I think like um I think a lot of ideas are filtering into the schools and churches that maybe didn't used to be there and so people are worried about their kids being um you know told told one thing when they're getting something else at home. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like I mean this is just my very humble opinion and I don't know if I mean, the, we just Say like this is the other opinions out there, but this is what mommy and daddy believe. Mm-hmm. Like this is you know sure. that's completely opposite of what we say. Like you know that right? Yeah. And so they they kind of come away with like there's something else out there, but this is what we believe. And yeah. I don't know what you think about that.
1: No, I, th- I think that's I think that's great. I think I I don't know of a of another way to to even do that. I mean they're going to be exposed to some things, but I think that when you Um, I think that we have a responsibility as parents. I know that we have a responsibility as parents um, to raise our kids um, in the ways of of God, in the way of Christ. Um, And so what it it looks like to belong to God, to follow him, to know him, uh, to spend that time with him. And unfortunately, I feel like for for a lot of followers of Christ out there, if you will, we have, I'll just throw us all in that, we have failed at that. And we have, we have made it the responsibility of the church, um, of the location, of the Sunday morning experience, to teach my kids about Jesus um, and, yeah. um, or whatever. It's and, so true. And we don't do that in the home. And so kids learn about praying. They learn about baptism. They learn about saying a prayer um, to give your life to Christ or whatever. Um, they learn about the power of God and the strength of God. Um, but they don't grow up knowing him. They know know about him, but they don't know him. Um, You know, Jesus, uh, the verse of the day today on the Bible app is, um, and when you pray, go into the room and shut the door. Go by yourself, yeah. Yeah, and Jesus says, and your father who sees what's done in secret will uh, reward you. Um, He he will hear your prayers and answer them accordingly. So, and I feel like, and I was just thinking about this this morning, I feel like the only part of that verse that we listen to is Pray. We don't go to our room and shut the door and get alone with God. Um, We don't teach our kids to go shut the door and get alone with God and spend time with Him and get face-to-face with Jesus. but that's what we see over and over and over again. So you know, we've been in the Gospel of John for a little while now as a church. On Sunday mornings, we did the we did the sign series. And now we're doing the I am series, and that's about about to wrap up. And then so good. I've been going through everything in between on Wednesday night at a Bible study. And so we're in John. We just finished up John fourteen, which is what I preached on last week. This week, going into John fifteen. Man, John fourteen and fifteen. uh mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that's maybe it ends at chapter fifteen, I believe, and then they're they're at the garden. But it's like, if you go and just look at those those two chapters, I think it's so powerful for us as as believers. And um, and I'm coming back to the kids piece in this too, in our families of what we're teaching them and how we're raising them as far as disciples. Because here's what Jesus is doing with his disciples. This is this is I think this is a, a good perspective here. Mm-hmm. These guys have been following Jesus around for the past three years, at least of their life, according to most scholars. Maybe longer, maybe a little bit less, but probably about three years because there's three different Passovers that occur um, in the gospel. So we know there's there's three years at least in there um, or close to it. So these guys have been following Jesus around everywhere. And now Jesus tells them um, at the beginning of chapter 14, and he says, uh, you can't go with me anymore. I'm, I'm about to leave and you're not going to be able to follow me. And they're confused, you know, they're worried about it. Wait a minute, you're leaving and we can't go with you? Mm-hmm. They don't get it. He's going to prepare a way, he even says. W- what way are you preparing? Well, they don't get that he's going to the cross, even though that he's telling them about it. He's going to go make a way to pay for our sin, to, to um, make peace between us and, and our Heavenly Father, um, so that we can be present with him in our life. And he's telling them all this. And then the rest of the chapter, after he tells them this, he's, he's telling them what it's going to look like to follow me when I'm not physically with you right? Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine that transition. That's all we've ever known. We're trying to figure out how to follow Jesus. Who's not physically with us. These guys got to be with him for three years, following him around physically. And now he's saying, I'm not going to be here anymore. It hurts
0: my brain to even think that.
1: (laughs) So what he's telling them is what you and I are having to learn from the get go. And they're having to, they're going to have to process and learn this and figure this out. So chapter 14 and 15 is Jesus telling his disciples, this is what it's going to look like to follow me when I'm not physically among you. This is what it's going to look like to be to, to 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 be my my people on this earth to do the kinds of things that we've been doing even though I'm not physically with you and I'm going to do these things. Mm-hmm. And so he says things like uh, I am the vine and you are the branches. That's this coming Sunday. And you stay connected to me and as long as you're connected to me, you will be fruitful. You will see the things of God come out in your life. Um a lot of, you, you know and you got all these Christians running around. Something I'm bringing up in, in the message for Sunday. Um, who um, know him, but there's there's something wrong with the connection. And so they live in anger, or they live in bitterness, or they live in guilt and shame, and they shouldn't. Um, and so you don't see the things of God being produced in their life because there's like this interruption in the connection, if you will. Right. Um, and so we walk around with things that we weren't meant to walk around with or carry or live in because um, we're trying to do it ourselves, we're trying to go it alone, whatever, and we're not spending that, that intimate time with him and staying connected to him and seeing um, his fruitfulness play out in our life. So anyways, I don't know, it's probably way too much, and we probably got no, way too deep good. on this. No. But chapters 14 and 15, I, to me, I am seeing them in a new light because Jesus really is telling these guys, hey, here's what it's going to look like to follow me when I'm not even around. And that's that's where we all are, right? I mean, he is. He, and he tells them, I'm coming back. I'm going to be inside of you. But to actually physically see Jesus' body and person and walking around and following him around, they're not going to get that anymore, and we don't get it either. Mm-hmm. But he, Jesus says, I'll give, I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to be within you. Um, I'm not convinced that we all think that that's better, but Jesus says it's better, so it's got to be better. Um, but that connection to him. So... These guys who are connected to him are able to somehow begin a movement, if you will, if we can call it that, that will ultimately change the world. And they didn't do it by secluding themselves. They didn't do it by going, you know what? They They went right in the middle of it. You know, even Peter, I mean, I think that's one of the things that's famous, you know, that he's famous for in Acts is that he's now walking the streets and declaring to the people he was hiding from just a few days earlier and saying... Um, you crucified Jesus, you hung him on a cross. This is, this is your doing. This is your fault. He's accusing the people that he was once hiding from because he was afraid they would take their life. Mm -hmm. What in the world changed? The point, at least for our discussion, um, is that he didn't run from them. He didn't go further into seclusion. He didn't go, Hey guys, let's, let's pack up and leave. Let's get out of here. This is not safe. No, he walked on the very streets that it wasn't safe to walk and declared the name of Jesus. And, um, that's probably not the most popular thing to do today. Well, it's a hard
0: thing to do. It's it's a difficult thing to do. And I, I think we do make decisions out of um, fear and what we think is the safest thing. And, I mean, I'm a mom, like mm-hmm. mama bear, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I, I'm i not saying that that's the wrong <laughs> thing to do, you know. It's definitely the difficult thing to do. Well, one of my favorite um quotes and I say it's my favorite quote, Shane. It's it's one of them. But it's a hard one to follow mm-hmm. because it's doing the difficult thing. And yeah. I'll just read it. It's really okay. long, so I'm sorry. But it's by C. S. Lewis, which didn't he start off as an atheist and then he converted. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. But anyways, yeah. um, C.S. Lewis says, and this is the time in the atomic bomb age, so he's like, this is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint in a game of darts, mm-hmm. not huddled together like frightened sheep, and thinking about bombs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of went back to this during COVID. Obviously, when it first happened, there was like fear and a little bit of like, what in the world does this look like, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I've sort of just like tried to come back to this a lot. And I guess I'll have to come back to that quote, even though it's not biblical, but it sort of goes with everything that you were just saying. Is to you know we have to kind of like put ourselves in uncomfortable positions as hard as it is, um, but teach our children you know discernment and what our where our values are like mm-hmm. where 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 we lie in Jesus and yeah you're right spending that time with him and teaching them that they have to spend time with him yeah and that's I mean I guess that's what I'm getting from you
1: yeah I mean I've, I think that's I think you know rather than um, yeah r- rather than trying to, to, to separate from the world. Um and Is this from society. A yeah, I think I think rather than trying to do that, which, you know, may seem like we could we could justify it pretty quickly. We could justify sure. and go, Oh, I'm you know, I'm protecting them, you know, I've got a responsibility to raise my kids, and we could we could come up with a lot of great answers to that and justify it. But I don't know if that's what God would necessarily call us to. Um I feel like we get a lot more mileage if we teach our kids how to really follow God, how and to really commune with him.
0: I think like I always wanted I always want to teach my kids to think for themselves, mm-hmm. you know, like to weigh out like what you're seeing and what's reality, what you just heard and what is the truth. Um, and I do feel like if we're always around maybe like minded people that we're just sort of trying to think not really outside the box, yeah. I guess.
1: Well, I, the I, the guy I had lunch with yesterday Um, he's struggling with the thing, or he was, he's, he's over it now. Um, But he was struggling with, um, and it was a thing that has to do with faith. And I won't get into a lot of details, Um, but he called one person um, in his struggle. And that person basically, according to him, kind of jumped on his bandwagon and was like, you're right. Exactly. Uh And he said, and in that conversation, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, actually, I'm not going to talk to you about this anymore because I don't want you to jump on my bandwagon. Like, I don't want you to say that what I'm going through is okay or just agree with me. Like, I want to walk through this and work through this and figure it out. And so he just cut off communication. Oh, well. And I thought, wow, that's that's pretty powerful. Like, he had
0: enough wherewithal to be like, no, no.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what's interesting though is what did that is how he was grounded and what he what you know um,
0: that was the Holy Spirit right talking to him I, saying I, like I
1: believe hundred percent it pull was back. yeah um, and you know what he was struggling with and dealing with and um, you know it was uh, it, I it, I just thought it was cool that it would have been so easy to like, okay, now i got somebody on my side. All right, all right, I'm not crazy. Someone else thinks this way. Um, but Validation? Like, well, hold Hello. On. I don't... just no better feeling. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> and he was able to go, okay, I'm struggling with this. I don't need you to agree with me. I wanted you to help me work through it. You no, know?
0: it's so true. And it reminds me of a part of the Bible study that I'm doing by myself. Um, it's discerning the voice of God. Mm-hmm. And um, Priscilla was saying, and she's so right, because how many times have we done this? She's like, if you find yourself asking for other people's advice like all the time about uh, getting a dog yeah. or something like that. <laughs> She's like, then you haven't gone to your heavenly father first. Because, mm. you know, you go to him first to him and first. you you get grounded in, in whatever it is that he says and then you don't feel like you have to you know, ask for permission or, you know, validation from other people. And that really stuck out to me. I was like, she's so right. Mm-hmm. It's just the hard thing to do. Yep. And ah, I keep doing that. And sometimes when you feel like you don't get an answer, then you have to, like, patiently wait. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's another podcast in and of itself, <laughs> right. you know. But I think that's that's where the conflict comes in like the inner turmoil of just mm. figuring out where do I send my school you know should we be friends with these people you know, whatever no. right. um, so I, I, I have empathy and I'm a little neurotic. So I completely understand having the inner ter- turmoil for people.
1: Yeah. And I, and so let me throw this out there because I think it is important to say, I, I, you know, I think that when it comes to, cause when you said, should we hang around with these people? that That's what made me think um, about it. Um, I mean, I think you got to have boundaries um, mm-hmm. and I think you need to have healthy boundaries. And I need, I, I need, you know, I think parents have to exercise some discernment um, and say, you know, um, or or discernment in, you know, are we going to hang out with these people? Mm-hmm. Are we going to limit w- what we're hanging out with? Because they're walking in a way that we're not walking. And so, um, you know, if if we h- hitch up our life to these people, um, one of one of our lives is going to wear off on the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on how strongly rooted you are in faith, it may be that that person's life is going to wear off on you and right. it's going to take your family in the wrong direction. You know? Totally. So, so I think you got to exercise discernment um, in, in those situations without separating yourself from the world that God's placed us in
0: Mm -hmm. you know well and you've always said um we've talked about similar subjects before but you're like being in the crowd but not of the Mm -hmm. crowd you know that's right and I think that all goes back to the podcast that we did about looking like Jesus like a follower of Jesus like we can be you know in a really terrible situation but still look like we're different.
1: That's right.
0: Um, but you've also said, you know, be careful who you invite to the table. Yep. And I think that just really means, at least in my brain, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But be careful who like your best friends are. Absolutely. I mean, you can hang out with people that aren't like you and Absolutely. stuff, but you don't call and confide in. You know, ask for you know validation on a subject that you know that they're going to jump on the on the bandwagon mm-hmm. just like your friends. So yeah. I think this is good. This is valuable information for young families and even older families. You know, we're all at a crossroads all the time about all these decisions, and I just wanted to make sure that we covered that for people. Cool. Okay, well, thanks for the recipe.
1: <laughs> you up?
0: I mean, that was amazing.
1: I hope that's delicious.
0: Yeah, let's all have um, breakfast and, and post our pictures with our, what is it called? Ricotta pancakes with um, banana flambe sauce. Yeah, Did I get it wrong? Caramel it cream wrong. sauce. Same thing.
1: <laughs> bananas flambe.
0: Yeah, you yep. like blend up the bananas. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> all right, you guys, have a great day.
1: All right, bye.